The Tennis Gambling Podcast and the Sports Gambling Podcast are presented by Edge Boost. Edge Boost enables you to double your bet with no interest. Go to sportsgampodcast.com slash edge to get started today. Welcome, everybody, to the Tennis Gambling Podcast here on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It is currently Friday, June 9th, and I'm your host, as always, Scott Rochelle, once again going solo for this podcast. Should be a fun one, and it's time to go through the women's final, which will be taking place on Saturday. Reminder, the men's final is on Sunday. So because of that, we're going to be going through one match in this episode and one match in the next episode, and that will wrap up our French Open coverage. But before we actually get into any of the preview between the Mukova and Swiatek match, do want to briefly recap how we did on the last episode. Unfortunately, we went 0-2 in the Lock and Dog picks. It was our first 0-2 uh, episode of the entire French Open, and unfortunately for us, we were close for one of those plays. The lock was very close. In fact, it took a pretty fluke occurrence in order for us not to win that one, and the dog, we had the right winner, but unfortunately, the prop stipulation attachment did not work out. For the lock, we had the over 37.5 games in the Djokovic and Alcaraz match, and it was cruising to an easy winner because you had a 6-3 uh, Five seven first two sets. So it's the exact situation you want. 21 games in the first two sets, and it's one set apiece. So you're guaranteed to go four. We needed 17 games, a 6-3-6-2 in the last two sets in order to win. And then Alcaraz immediately cramps and his whole leg shuts down in the second game of the uh third set. And then after that, Alcaraz won one game in the rest of the match, and Djokovic proceeded to bury him. So, unfortunately for us, the lock ended up losing. It was going to cash if Alcaraz stayed healthy, just simply put. I know his hand was cramping too, but it did seem like he was still hitting the ball well. But once the legs gave out under him, it you could tell that the match was over because Alcaraz, once again, is extremely elite at court coverage. And with Djokovic's consistency, Alcaraz had no chance once he couldn't move side to side. And with that being the case, Alcaraz punted the entire third set after the injury happened. Uh, he lost the next... Uh, I'm trying to remember the order here. He lost six straight games because he led one nothing. And Djokovic actually had a rare moment, which I've never seen before, where he won two games with one shot, which I thought was impossible. But Alcaraz ended up getting a cramp on game point for Djokovic. So Djokovic ended up getting the set tied up at one game apiece. And then Alcaraz, since it was not a changeover because it was 1-1, proceeded to forfeit his service game to go down a break just to remain on the chair for an injury timeout. And I did not know that existed. Just straightforward. I've never seen that in my life. Usually you see a player go out there and he'll serve it underhand or he'll basically punt the point, but at least he'll play the points out. Alcaraz didn't even get off the chair, so I've never seen that before, but Alcaraz got up off the chair afterwards and proceeded to not win another game, and then you ended up seeing the fourth set come around, and we were hoping that Alcaraz would be able to regain his, I'd say, feeling in his leg, or maybe just regain his form, and he actually had a couple break points returning in the first game of the fourth set. It was fool's gold, though. Uh, Djokovic ended up serving well to avoid those break points or to hold off those break points. And you ended up seeing Alcaraz get broken immediately. 
Then he got broken again. Next thing you know, he's down 5 nothing. And Alcaraz did hold one time for the hell of it, but Djokovic won the final two sets, 6-1-6-1. Won, the, won 12 of the last 13 games in the match, and our overbet went up in flames. I have no regrets about the bet. Anytime you see an injury that completely sabotages you, you can't account for it. We did account for the Djokovic elbow injury, which ended up being an issue towards the end of the second set because Djokovic's miles per hour in terms of serving was falling off a cliff. But we cannot have accounted for Alcaraz, who had won the previous two matches in straight sets with ease. We couldn't have accounted him to get into some trouble with his legs. And he also stated in the post-match presser that the moment also might have gotten to him and that seemed to be a big reason why it was the overall atmosphere having to face off against Djokovic, and that seemed to get the best of his body physically. And as a result, Alcaraz ended up cramping, and his match and tournament run were over. So anyway, picked up a loss there. Then for the dog, ended up having Rude to win, and then we got greedy with it. Unfortunately, Rude money line was even money. And once again, I stated in the podcast, I could not believe Zverev was favored in that match. But we had Rude to win and each player to win a set. And it was that stipulation that screwed us because we ended up gambling for the plus 175 instead of taking Rude money line at even money. And Zverev proceeded to get curb stomped and Rude destroyed him, including a 6-0 bagel in the third set. So for starters, I'll go through the actual men's semifinal match recaps in the men's final preview. So I'll do that at some point on Saturday. But for the sake of the episode, I'm just going to stick to the bare bones recap, which was an 0-2 episode. Once again, that over with Djokovic and Alcaraz was heartbreaking because that was such a good wager. And we got the perfect script for the first two sets. And then somebody got hurt. And unfortunately, it sabotaged the entire match. Even from a fan's perspective, it was shaping up to be an all-time matchup. And you ended up having it wasted, or I should say sabotaged by an injury. I'm not going to blame Djokovic for it, of course. It's not his problem that he is in peak physical condition and he is the, what do you think is the best player of all time or not? I think he is. And if he wins the French Open final on Sunday, he is, just to be clear. That means he'll win every Grand Slam event three plus times, which has never been done before. He's easily the greatest of all time, in my opinion, already. But if he does win the French Open, it's, in my opinion, it's undeniable. But still, the point is, you have to give him props, whether you think he's the best of all time or not. He is the most fit player of all time. And after the early teenage years where he did have some uh, retirement issues, where he was exhausted in the middle of matches, he changed around his diet, and he has been the most durable tennis player and the most fit tennis player for the last 15 to 20 years. And I think he's easily the most durable player in the history of the sport. So that goes kind of down with my overall statements of Djokovic being the best ever. And a big reason is because he's able to overcome adversity when he does have issues, either a hamstring injury in the Australian Open, an elbow issue in the French Open. But he is always able to play five plus hours on court and he will wear you down. And he wore Alcaraz down. Just simply put, it was a great overall match, and unfortunately, injuries got in the way. Either way, though, Djokovic is one match away from winning his second Grand Slam title of the year. But anyway, to transition over into the whole purpose of this episode, which will be the women's final preview, you have Swiatek 
taking on Sabalenka. No, wait a second. According to my sources here, it says Sabalenka lost 20 of the last 24 points in the semifinal matchup. And as a result, Mukova is the surprising opponent for Swiatek in this final. And Mukova is ranked outside the top 40. It's been a great run for her. And once again, she came back from the brink, faced a match point against Swiatek in the third, against uh, Sabalenka in the third set and ended up winning the match in comeback fashion. So overall, for this match, Swiatek, she's favored by minus 800. Is it weird I'm actually surprised the line is that low? I kind of figured Swiatek would be blindly minus 1,000 just because, once again, she's going for another French Open title. She's one of the greatest clay players of all time on the women's side, and I do question if Mukova in her first ever Grand Slam final will be able to provide much resistance. Now, I do think it's kind of telling that it is minus 800 because I would have assumed going in that Swiatek, when I heard the matchup or when I watched Swiatek beat Haddad Maya, which wasn't as easy as I probably thought it was going to be. We did win the dog on that episode, though, with Swiatek to win the first set by at least four games, which got there because Swiatek won the last four games of the first set. But I did think after the first set, Haddad Maya was going to roll over. And yeah, she should have won the set. Simply put, it went to a breaker. And Haddad Maya had a pretty easy volley to take a pretty substantial lead in the breaker. And she shank- she uh, ended up shanking the volley into the net. And Swiatek ended up winning after that. But the point is, it was a war. And Swiatek, I thought, looked pretty vulnerable at times. And I do think Mukova can do things to make life difficult for Swiatek in this match. Now, am I picking Mukova to win? Hell no. I'm not picking against Swiatek, who is on the verge of winning her third uh, French Open title in her career. And once again, I think that she is just the most dominant player I've seen on clay on the women's side in a long, long time. So I'm not picking Mukova to win. However, she doesn't need to win because you're looking at the actual spread in this match. And the spread in games is six. So it was seven against Haddad Maya for Swiatek. I lean to the plus seven. I just thought seven in what was most likely going to be a two-set match was an insane margin to cover. And Swiatek did not cover. She only won by five. So I think that with this one, I understand why the overall line is shorter because Mukova just beat Sabalenka. And you're looking at how Swiatek fared in the last match. And she wasn't as dominant as you thought she was going to be entering that semifinal matchup. But I'm not going to take Mukova money line. I'm just getting that out of the way. I don't think she's going to win. I think Swiatek's going to win. Having said that, I think it's going to be close. Now, I do think that it it might end up in straight sets, which wouldn't totally shock me. But if Swiatek wins 6-4, 6-3, pretty standard win. Looks pretty simple on the scoreboard. And yet, Mukova covers. I think 6 is a bit too many. I was actually really hoping for 6.5. Unfortunately, did not get it. And 6 is the best line I can get at minus 120. I am going to quickly check to see if I could find a better price. I doubt it. Uh, but I do think at the end of the day, Mukova will make this match interesting. Swiatek, once again, even though she is such a great play, a great player on clay and in general, her serve is very weak, especially the second serve. And Haddad Maya basically had a damn training drill on half of those second serves where she just got a free forehand into the corner. And I do think Swiatek, once again, might have issues defending her serve at times if the second serve is going to continue to basically be soft-pitch softball and to give Mukova a free forehand to be very aggressive in the return point. Now, of course, that's a moot point 
if Swiatek serves well on the first serve and if she's able to actually keep the first serve percentage up. I am skeptical of that because it has been pretty windy in France the last couple of days. So we'll see if that's going to be a factor in the match. But the point is Swiatek with her first serve percentage being decent. The second serve is pretty weak. And I do think because of that, Mukova can get some breaks in. If you want to look at the actual prop here, Mukova to break three or more times is actually minus 138, which might seem a little bit, uh, I'd say, steep, considering the fact that, once again, Swiatek's a massive favorite. The total is 19 and a half. You're assuming Swiatek won't have many service games because she's probably going to break Mukova a decent amount. So yet the fact that Mukova's at two and a half with juice to the over on breaks tells you what you kind of need to know. Swiatek serving, not the greatest. And I think if that's the case, I think that the plus six is definitely worth something. But once again, I'm not picking Mukova to win. I think she'll be able to hang in there and maybe make a set 6-4. Maybe you get a 6-4, 6-2 type match, and it turns into a push on the six. But I really think that the spread is a little bit high, at least too high for me to take in favor of Swiatek. And I do think, once again, if you're looking at a 6-3, 6-4 final, you still cover, even if, on paper, Mukova got destroyed. So I do think, at the end of the day, looking at this actual spread, I think 6.5 seems a little bit uh, too juicy for me to take. I found it a minus 180 uh, for Mukova, which, of course, I'm tempted by, but I'm not going to give that out at 180. So I do think I'm going to be stuck with 6 here at minus 120. I'm going to take Mukova, and if there's a breaker, then I don't want to say you automatically win, but you're in really good shape if there's a tiebreaker. And I do think Mukova can battle enough in order to make this match interesting. She did, go, she did go to a breaker in the first two sets against Sabalenka, which was very encouraging. And I do think, once again, Mukova can make this match interesting at times over the full two sets or three sets. Swiatek's in a way or down. But I do think that Mukova can do enough to avoid getting trampled, which is a big step if you are going to be taking six games. But besides that, though, the total in this match is around 19 or 18 and a half. Uh, let me just quickly see if I could find the actual... Uh, okay, so 18 and a half I found at minus 134. Uh, I am going to take the over on that one. Uh, once again, I do think you're looking at maybe a 6-4, 6-4 final. That goes over. You have 6-4, 6-3. That gets over by a hook. I just think this line's a bit short. Swiatek, once again, did go to a, a tiebreaker in the last round, and Mukova did go to two separate tiebreakers in the semifinals against a top three player in the world. I don't think Mukova's going to be intimidated because she ended up beating Sabalenka, and she came back from the brink to do so. So I don't really see any... You could argue nerves because this is the biggest match of her career, but I don't really see it that way. I think Mukova's going to go in with basically nothing to lose because nobody's giving her a chance to win. And I think she might come out free swinging and maybe she can push around Swiatek a little bit. Swiatek in her first service game against Haddad Maya did get broken to love. That was the first overall game of the match. Now, Swiatek did break back immediately and won the first at 6-2. But the point is, I do think that Mukova, if she comes out swinging freely and maybe Swiatek once again has, has a hard time with the first serve percentage, there might be a couple of breaks for Mukova to get. And I think with that, she might be able to do a decent enough job defending her serve to some degree in order to actually cover this spread while the match goes over the total. But Swiatek, once again, uh, to win in straight sets is minus 240. I'm not shocked. I think she probably wins in straight sets, but I'm not going to bet it at that price. I really think Mukova is the only way to play this if 
you do think that once again, she's able to keep this match competitive. But with Swiatek, it's really tough to find value. Straight sets is minus 240. Swiatek minus five games is minus 185. I guess the only way to play it would be a juiced minus five and a half. But even with that being the case, I'm not interested. Under 12 and a half personal games for Swiatek is minus 160. The over 12 and a half is plus 130. So if you do think there's a tiebreaker, maybe you end up seeing Mukova steal a set, then that might be worth something. But I can't take that. I just think at the end of the day, Swiatek's going to win, but she's not going to win by enough margin to cover. And Mukova does enough to be a footnote in history by being a runner-up, but enough to be a gambling hero by covering this spread. So that's going to wrap it up for my overall preview for this overall women's final. Now it's time to actually get into the lock and dog picks. But before I actually do that, kind of a quick word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Edge Boost. Edge Boost is the world's first bet now pay later Visa card. Edge currently offers up to $2,500 in betting advances, which you can use as an extremely valuable tool. Imagine what you can do with an increased bankroll. Get down on some of your favorite futures without tying up your bankroll for months. Double down on a favorite bet that you like or even use the opportunity to create a great middle or even hedge opportunity. Edge Boost isn't some sleazy loan shark as they charge 0% interest. Do you know of another way to access more money to place on your favorite bets without paying any interest? Edge Boost can be a part of a responsible gambling plan as you can set up daily, weekly, or even monthly limits all across your betting accounts in one place. Support SGPN and grow your bankroll by going to sportscampodcast.com slash edge to sign up. That's sportscampodcast.com slash edge. Must be 21 years or older to use problem gambling. Call one 800 Gambler. We're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Best Ball Mania 4 is here, and Underdog Fantasy is giving away $15 million in prizes, plus plenty of other ways to win in the NBA, the NHL, and the MLB with their player prop parlays. Head over to UnderdogFantasy.com and use the promo code SGPN for a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. It's UnderdogFantasy.com, promo code SGPN. Welcome back, everyone, to the Tennis Gambling Podcast. Just finished previewing the women's final between Mukova and Swiatek. Now it's time for the lock and dog picks. Starting off with the edge boost double down lock of the show, we are going to go with Mukova plus the six games at minus 120. I really wanted six and a half, but unfortunately, six and a half is minus 180. That's a little bit too juicy for me. So give me the six at minus 120. Swiatek was good against Adad Maya. But she was not great. She did look quite vulnerable at times. The serve was very concerning, especially the second serve, which looked like uh, borderline training practice for Adad Maya, where she just got free put-away forehands down the line because Swiatek's first serve was basically like a soft-pitch softball league. It was at like 60 miles an hour, and Adad Maya took it apart. I think you can see the same thing with Mukova. Now, if Swiatek's first serve percentage is high, then that's a moot point. But I do think with the win that we've seen the last couple of days, first serve percentage might be low for both players. And Swiatek's second serve has been a serious problem. So I do think that Mukova can get some breaks. You look at the actual break props, Mukova to break three or more times in this match is actually minus 138. So they're expecting Mukova to break a decent amount in this match. The question, the question is, can she hold? And she held decently against Sabalenka. So I do think, once again... Swiatek's a different animal on clay compared to Sabalenka. But if you can go to back-to-back tiebreakers against the number two or number three player in the world, depending on where you group Sabalenka with uh, Rabakina or Swiatek, etc., the point is, 
I do think Mukova will enter this match with little to no pressure because nobody's expecting her to win. And I do think, once again, with her ability to come from behind against Sabalenka, that might just inject an extra boost of confidence for her. And since she has nothing to lose because everyone's picking Swiatek to win anyway, I think she comes out swinging freely, and I think she makes this match interesting. Once again, 6-4, 6-4 is a win. 6-4, 6-3 is a win. Tiebreaker, you're golden. I think 6 is a few too many. I think Swiatek wins somewhere around that 6-4, 6-4 range. So give me the plus 6 for Mukova for the lock. And for the dog, uh, once again, I am going to go to something a bit more exotic. Now, I'm not sure how available this is for most people, but I know this is available on Caesars and on Bet365, so I'm going to give it out. It is going to be a first set play, and it's going to be a very, very quick bet. It's going to be basically a lightning bet where the dog will be decided in probably the first 15 minutes of the match, but you can bet on the exact set score after a certain amount of games. And I'm going to go with the first set score after four games to be 2-2. And that sounds pretty simple. Each player holds twice, you win. You have one break apiece, you still win. Even if you get two breaks apiece, you still win. But for the score to be 2-2, entering the fifth game of the first set, plus 187 on bet 365, which I think for value alone is a hell of a deal. I think it should be closer to 140 or 150. This did cash in the Adad Maya match because you ended up having Swai take it broken immediately. She broke back and then both players held, but that was 2-2. Then Swiatek took over, but maybe Swiatek is off to another slow start. Maybe Mukova is able to hold, and Swiatek holds, and you have an uneventful 2-2. But if that's the case, it's plus 187. I just think that price is crazy. I mean, to say that you're going to have a tie score after four games, so ba- bare minimum, really. I mean, that's, that's arguably not even half of the first set. And it's plus 187. I got to take that for value. Now, if that is not available, I apologize, and I'm not sure if I have an alternative for you. But if you have access to Caesars or Bet365, I really do like that price. So once again, the lock for the show is going to be Mukova plus six games at minus 120, and the dog is going to be the first set score after four games to be 2-2 at plus 187. That's going to wrap it up for this episode. A reminder, though, this will be the last episode you can enter or the last day you can enter the 100th episode giveaway. So we're going to be giving away an SGP and gift card a reminder to how to, of how to enter. You have to leave a five-star review or honestly, any review. I never specified the stars, but you have to leave a review on either Apple podcasts or Spotify podcasts and send me a screenshot of that review on Twitter at Rice Shell Radio. And once you do that, you will be entered into the random drawing. The winner will be announced during the men's final uh, episode. So that will be taking place uh, either late tonight, which I doubt because I'm going to want to recap the women's final or early Saturday afternoon. I am going to the Belmont Stakes, though. So scheduling might be an interesting, I don't want to say dilemma, but an interesting adventure. Let's put it that way. So it's either going to be right after the women's final or it's going to be uh, potentially a late night episode. But keep your uh, eyes open for that. But of course, we will be doing the men's final episode between Djokovic and Rude. But for the sake of this episode, uh, you know where to find me on uh, on Twitter, Rice Show Radio. Find me on the NBA show, the MLB show. You can find me on the NFL show, WNBA show. I'm on a lot of podcasts. You get the point. But until next time, good luck to all of you and all of your bets. Bye, everyone.